Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We've been in a series called Running with the Giants, and I'm closing down this series this week. We're going to be starting a new series next week, which I'm excited about, but as I was praying and seeking the Lord these last few weeks about what it was the Lord wanted me to share, he really brought me to the story of Esther, an incredible woman of God, and if you, many of you probably know the story, it's a whole, a whole book of the Bible is based on Esther and her life. She was an incredible woman. I want to, I want to talk to you today. Uh, from the life of Esther. And really what Running With The Giants is, if you're kind of jumping on board, you're like, what are we talking about? Really what we've been doing is we're looking at giants of the faith throughout the scripture. And we're just kind of jumping in and saying, you know what, let's study their life. Let's see uh, what they went through. But then also if they were able to come to 2022 and we could take a lap with them around uh, a mile, if we could get in the car with them, if we get in the golf cart with them and we could ask them, hey, what's one thing you would tell us? What's some advice you would give us? You know, what would you say? And we've kind of been breaking down what we think they would tell us through their lives and what, how they lived. And as we study the story of Esther, many of you probably know the story of Esther. As we study the story of Esther, oftentimes people look at Esther and they say this, she changed the whole nation. She saved the whole nation. She by herself, literally one person saved the nation. And that is true. She did help save a nation. We'll talk about her story in just a moment if you don't know it. But it wasn't just her. She had multiple people around her that were helping her through the process of what God was calling her to do. And I think if we could ask Esther one thing, what would she say? I think she would tell us, she may tell us many things, but I think one thing that she would tell us is this, we're better together. We're better together. And I want to talk to you today about that thought process of we're better together. If you don't know the story of Esther, I want to share it with you. If you do, just follow along and amen me. Come on, somebody. Uh, but the story of Esther, really, she's a woman. She's a Jew. And she, the king uh, calls for uh, the, all the women in the area because he's looking for a spouse and a wife. And the scripture says that Mordecai, her cousin, had adopted her because her family had passed away. So Mordecai loved her and his cousin and adopted adopted her and treated her as her, her, his own daughter. And she goes to the courts. The, king's, the king meets her, sees her. The king falls in love with her immediately. The king calls her the queen. She becomes the queen of the whole entire region. Well, what happens is a man named Haman, uh, he, was, he didn't love that he, was, he wasn't a Jew. He hated the Jews. And what he did is he said he came up with the king. He said, hey, let's create this, this, this day where all the Jews can be destroyed, this decree. And so they, the king says, okay. And so what happens is, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, you can read it through the book of Esther. Uh, but Esther finds this out. Mordecai finds this out. And he goes to Esther and he says, hey, you need to help us talk to the king. Give us an opportunity to be saved. Well, no one in the kingdom knew that Esther was a Jew. The scripture says that she had hidden that and not shared that with others. And so what Esther does is she, gets, she goes to the king's room. And in the scripture, the Bible says that at that period of time, if you went to the king without being called, then you could be killed. And so she was, she was fearful of her life, but she says, if I have to die, I have to do, die. I'm going to do what I've been called to do. And the scripture says she goes to the king. She, the king accepts her. The king asks what's going on. She go, invites him to a banquet. Then she invites him to another banquet with Haman, who is the guy who hated the Jews and who created this decree. 
And she says, hey, he, the king asks, what do, you, what do you need? What are you asking of me? What is it that you want? I'll give you half the kingdom. And she says, well, there's this one person that's against my people, me and my people. And he says, who? The king freaks out. He's mad. He's upset. And she says, this man right here, his name's Haman. And, and the king's like, oh boy. And so, and Haman says, oh boy as well. And so what happens is the king ends up destroying Haman and the Jews end up create, they create this new decree where the Jews can save themselves and the Jews can fight for themselves and the nation is saved. I definitely did a very short, paraphrased, quick notes of the book of Esther right there, but I want to give you the gist of what is going on so that as I'm talking about this, you won't be maybe a little clueless on what's happening. But that being said, Esther throughout this process she was someone who really God used to save the nation. But as I said a moment ago, she didn't do it by herself. She had people around her and she, I believe, would say, we need to know that we are better together. You, my friend, and me, we are better together. I wanna show it to you in the scripture in Esther chapter two and verse seven. It says this, Mordecai, who was the cousin, she, he said he had a very beautiful and lovely young cousin who was also called Esther. When her father and her mother died, Mordecai adopted her into his family and raised her as his own daughter. He raised her as his own daughter. Esther had people around her that loved her. Esther had people around her that loved her. The great thing about a community, a community of spiritual family, we have natural family, but then God gives us spiritual family. And the great thing about having spiritual family around us is we can find people that love us for us. Notice it doesn't say Esther had to do something to be loved. It doesn't say she had to, do, she had to act a certain way for Mordecai to accept her the way she was. No, the Bible says that he accepted her and loved her as his own. She had people around her that, were, that loved her. And look at Esther chapter two, five scriptures later, as she's going to meet the king, check out what she had to do. It says, before a young woman's turn came to, uh, before a young woman's turn came to go to King Xerxes, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments. Come on, ladies, 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the women, six months with oil of myrrh, and six months with perfumes and cosmetics. Come on, lady, talk about a spa day. She had a spa year, come on. And here's what's interesting. She had to go, to, before anybody could go before the king, they had to take 12 months of just being saturated with oils and being spread, spread on with perfume. And here's the thing. It's interesting that she had to do all these things to meet the king, but she didn't have to do all these things to be loved by Mordecai. You know, oftentimes this is what we do. We feel like we have to put on this mask. We have to put on these, these proper clothing and this proper speech in order for us to get around other Christians and other believers so that we'll be accepted or loved and we're not even really being ourselves. The incredible, awesome thing about spiritual family is we wanna know you and we wanna walk with you for who you are, not for how you can look or how you can sound or how much money you have. It's being loved for you. Everybody in their very deep, coarse part of who they are wants to be loved for who they are. And so here's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Are we, are, we, are we giving that to others around us? Are we expecting you to shift or change or act a certain way or make a certain amount of money or look a certain specific way? Are we expecting you to do these things before we can just love you for you? Because this is what Jesus did. Jesus was willing to say, okay, I'm coming to serve you. I want to love you. I want to get in the ditch with you. Whether you're messy or you're clean, I want to love you for you because I know you are valuable. Are we doing this? 
This is the incredible thing about community. This is what Esther had. She had someone that she knew. He loves me for me. I, yeah, okay, I'm gonna dress up real nice and look good for the king, but I know really down deep, I know I have someone that's supporting me and knows me and loves me and continues to walk with me through my situations in my life. She had people around her that love her. Every single person in this room and online, we need people around us that love us. And I'm not just talking about your spouse. Yes, of course, your spouse needs to love you. Come on, somebody. We need to love our spouses, but I'm talking about other for men in the room, other men that can get around us and we can love one another and walk with one another for who we are. Ladies in the room, other ladies in the room that can love us and continue to support us. Why? Because as we walk together, if we know we're loved for who we are, we don't have to start faking something to try to act and be something that we're not. Because in the end, the Bible says it. Jesus says, the scripture says, God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. Man, women, we often look at the outward appearance and that is what we think it's supposed to look like. But really what God is wanting us to do is we want to love people for who they are in their hearts. Amen? Amen? I know it's 8 a.m., but come on, somebody help a brother out. You know what I'm saying? Esther chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, Esther had, told, had not told anyone of her nationality and family background because Mordecai had directed her not to do so. And then we're going to skip down to verse 15. Five verses later, it says, when the term came for Esther, the young woman Mordecai adopted to go to the king, she asked for nothing other than what Haggai, uh, the king's eunuch who was in charge of the harem, uh, suggested. And Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. Esther had people around her that loved her, but she also had people around her that were different than her. Mordecai was her cousin. He was older, an older person in her life. But then also she had this eunuch that was around her and supporting her. And I love it that she, she, she listened to the advice of the eunuch. She could have easily said, do you know who I am? Do you see how beautiful I am? Do you know where I'm going? I'm going to the king. She had a different status than a eunuch. But yet she still understood, I need people around me that are different than me. Why? Because if everybody around me is the same, more than likely, I'm seeing things wrong. For all of us in the room, we got to make sure that we're, we're not all of our circles all look the same. If our circles look the same, we're probably off. We have to have people around us that are different than us. Why? Because we're all uniquely made and our, and our differences are not a weakness. See, the world will tell us differences is weakness. The world will say differences should cause division and hate. But in fact, differences should unite us and differences actually strengthen us. Because you're different than me and we're walking together in the same purpose and what God has called us to do, we are stronger together. We are better together because you look different than me, because you have a different background than me, because you make less or more than me. Because we're different, we're, we're stronger together. But the world will say, no, 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 that's not what it is. Find your people. Find the people that are closest and just like you and laugh at the same jokes as you and talk the same as you and sound the same as you and then get with your little niche and do your thing. But Jesus says, no, get outside of that. Why? Because as we get outside of those circles, that's where we really find strength in one another. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. It says, the human body has many parts 
but many parts make up one whole body. So it, is the, so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free, but we have all been baptized in one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. He goes on, if you don't know, he goes on in the scripture and he says, uh, why would, would the ear say something to the nose or would you say something to the foot that you don't need them? No, of course not because they're different, but they all serve a function, a, 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 a job or a position in order to f- allow the body to function the way that it should. Here's what's interesting. If we all were a bunch of elbows, we wouldn't be very successful. Could you imagine your whole body being an elbow, you just be you, you, no telling what you be, but you be looking weird. Now here's the thing. I know I'm, I know that I'm being funny, but here's the thing. Oftentimes that's what we think. Well, we got to get around the same type of people, and so here's all our elbows. And here's the thing: the same type of people are the people that we are most comfortable with. And so our comfort could allow us or cause us to become all elbows. And here's the the problem with that: because of our comfort, it causes us not to function the way that we're supposed to function. And so it's important to understand, okay, I don't wanna just be a bunch of elbows. I wanna get around some knees. Come on, somebody. I wanna get around some feet. I wanna better walk a little bit, you know? I wanna get around some eyes. I wanna better see. We all serve a different function, but here's what happens. If we get around all the same people and all the same style, all the same status, all the same positions, all, we all have the same type of job, here's what happens. Now, my circle is so close. We're all a bunch of elbows, and now I'm not able to function the way God has called me to function because I'm I'm just around the people that are the same as me. The difference around us is what helps us all create a body of believers, is what the scripture says, a body of believers that are are in Christ. And now because we all have different functions and we're all different, now we gather together and through our unity together, we're able to make a difference in our world. We're able to make an impact in our city, in our, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our families. Now, I want to say when we're talking about our differences, I'm not talking about differences in standard. The scripture says, we just read it, so it is with the body of Christ. We have to still have the standard of Jesus in our lives. Okay, so I'm not talking about, oh, somebody different. Oh, so we're, oh, we're somebody that, that doesn't even believe in Jesus. Now, we love them, but that's not people that we should be connecting and having in our circle of community of spiritual believers. Why? Because scripture says, it says that we should not be unequally yoked. We should be together with people that are the body of Christ so that we have the same standards and through the standards of walking with him and walking together, we can continue to be the light in this world. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So important that we would understand this because we can oftentimes think that our differences will weaken us, but in fact, strengthens us. Esther chapter five and verse 10. Then Haman gathered together his friends and Zeresh, excuse me, his wife, and boasted to them about his great wealth and his many children. He bragged about the honors that the king had given him and how he had been promoted over all the other nobles and officers. Then Haman added, that's not all. Queen Esther invited only me and the king himself to the banquet that she has prepared for us and she has invited me to dine with her and the king again tomorrow. Here's what's interesting. Esther, she had people around her that loved her. She had people around her that were different than her, but then also Esther had people close to her but weren't for her. 
They had people, she had people close to her and weren't for her. Let me show it to you. In Esther chapter six and verse six, it says, so Haman came in, the king said, whom should I do, who, what should I do to honor a man who truly pleases him? Haman thought to himself, whom would the king wish to honor more than me? He had pride and he was out for self gain. Esther chapter seven and verse six, Esther replied, this wicked Haman is our, is our adversary and our enemy. And Haman grew pale with fright before the king and the queen. We're talking about being better together. Well, here's the thing we have to realize. There are sometimes people around us that aren't for us. Haman was out for nothing more than self-gain. He would go around and boast to his wife and his friends. He would, he would go to the king and he would think to himself, nobody on this planet does the king want to honor more than me. And so he's, he's all out for himself. And here's what's interesting. Oftentimes people around us and even Jesus had in his circle, he had a Judas that betrayed him that was out for himself. And oftentimes those that are close to us, we have to evaluate and say, are these people really for me? Just because of distance of how long I know someone does not mean that they are for me. And what I mean by that is I have to make sure that the, the people around me that I'm connecting my life with are helping me to continue to grow and, and be the person that God has called me to be. Are these people tearing me down or are these people tearing me away from what God is calling me to? If these people are tearing me down or tearing me away from what God is, how God has called me to live, then I need to say, okay, these people aren't the ones God is wanting me to connect with in my life. This is the question we have to ask ourselves in our lives as we build friendships and as we build community. Are we out? Are we looking for people with a greater status than us? Are we out for selfish gain? Are we really wanting to connect with people and love people for who they are? Are we really wanting the godly friendships? Or are we saying, oh, well, no, because that person has a, has a position in the company or because that person uh, you know, has more money or that person has more friends or that person has more followers on Instagram or that, whatever it may be, we can connect. Oh, oh so we feel like we gotta, we gotta get a little closer to them because they can make us whatever it is successful in life. And if we're not careful, we can be the Haymans. And we can be looking in ourselves. And so this is why godly community is so important that we would allow ourselves to say, no, okay, I just wanna be in relationship with those around me, no matter what their status is. I'm not gonna favor someone because they make more money. I'm not gonna favor someone because they have more friends. I'm not gonna favor someone because they know more than me. That's not what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna favor people because God favors them. I'm gonna favor the poor like I favor the rich. Come on, somebody. I'm gonna favor the poor like I favor the rich. I'm gonna favor the uncool as much as I favor the, un, the, the, the cool. In fact, I would say favor the uncool more because that's what Jesus would do. Let us be a people that allow ourselves to say, okay, as we, as we evaluate, okay, I wanna make sure that I have my circle are people that are for me and helping me, encouraging me. But then also, I wanna make sure that I'm being the same for them, that I'm not out for selfish gain. Because if I'm like that, then I know the enemy is gonna continue to build, uh, 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 continue to uh, lie to me and deceive me and cause me to get to a place where I fall with pride. She had people around her that were close to her but not for her. Esther chapter four and verse 11, just talking about we're better together. I'm giving you reasons why we are better together. All the king's officials in verse 11 and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman, this is Esther speaking, for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has bit one law. 
that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their life. But 30 days have passed since I was called to be king, uh, called to the king, excuse me. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent this back. Mordecai got upset, you know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody, a good old friend. He said, don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise from the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. One of the most famous Esther's, the quotes in the scripture is born for such a time as this. And here's what's interesting. She didn't step up and say, I was born for this. Mordecai did. She, in fact, complained and was nervous and fearful to walk in the purpose in what she was called to. The very thing that everybody gives glory to Esther for, and she did step up. But in her own strength, she was questioning it. And Mordecai stepped up and he said, don't even think for a minute that your palace and your comforts are gonna save you. He said, in fact, I want you to know you could have been made queen in this moment for such a time as this right here. And so this is what it shows me. Esther had people that loved her. Esther had people around her that were different to her. Esther had people that were close to her, not for her. And Esther also had people to encourage her. We need people around us that will encourage us into where and who God has called us to be. In our own selves, hear me, in our own selves, we will never push ourselves and stretch ourselves to be everything God has called us to be. We will find comforts in our surroundings around us and they will cause us to, 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 to sit back and say, someone else will take care of it. Someone else will do it. Someone else will reach those people. Someone else will help those people. Someone else will give to the poor. Someone, I got somebody else to take care of it. We need people around us that will encourage us and challenge us like Mordecai did. This is why godly community is so important. This is why coming to a church is so important, but not just coming to church, getting involved and connected to people in the church. If I'm just coming to church, I'm not really functioning and as a part of the body and I'm not getting the benefits of the body. I need to get connected and grow with one another. Why? So someone can look at me and say, hey, I want to challenge you in this area of your life. No one likes to be challenged as an adult. If you call yourself an adult in the room, even kids, kids don't even like to be challenged. My kid's one year old. I try to take something from her. She wants to slap me in the face. She needs Jesus. Pray for her. Nobody likes to be challenged. Why? Because it stretches us outside of the comforts and what we call life. But here's what's interesting. She says this. He, I mean, he says, excuse me. He says, don't allow the, the surroundings of the palace think that it's going to save you. We cannot allow, hear me, hear me, hear me. We cannot allow the comforts of our surroundings to sway us or deter us or keep us from the mission that is in front of us. We cannot allow the comforts of our surrounding, our money, our picket fences, our families, our private schools, our public schools, our whatever you want, whatever you are, and the comforts of your surroundings, don't allow yourself to get so comfortable that you forget the mission and the purpose that is in front of us. And that's loving people like Jesus does. That's building community together. Now, I'm gonna tell you this. We can't really truly love people like Jesus does without other people around us that are challenging us and encouraging us. You're like, oh, do you not know me? 
You not know how much I love people? You may love a lot of people, but I'll tell you this, with other godly men and women around you, you're gonna love people more. You're gonna push yourself harder. Why? Because as you get around each other, as we get around one another, we're able to encourage one another and challenge one another into our faith and what God has called us to do. It challenges us to get outside the purpose of what we think life is in our church world. Excuse me. Here's what's interesting as Christians. We can sometimes think that purpose revolves around the church. Purpose goes beyond our church building. Purpose goes beyond our church building. Let me explain. If a church building was when we had purpose. Now, you may say, I come in and I greet. Or you may say, I come in and I do worship. Or you may say, you come in and you, and you preach. You may say, you come in and, and you do help with kids' ministry. And all those things are great. And all those things are part of our purpose. Yes, that is part of our purpose. But our purpose goes outside of just serving on a Sunday. If that was the case, then purpose would be like a suit jacket. I don't have a suit jacket right now, but next service, I promise you I will. Here's what happens. It's like putting on a suit jacket. It's putting the jacket on, and so I come to church, and now my pur- I'm walking in my purpose. And so now I walk around church in my purpose, and now here's what happens. Now that means if I can put it on, that means when I leave church, I can take it off. And so now all week long, I'm not walking in my purpose. That's not true at all. With godly community, we're challenged to walk in purpose every day of our lives. Purpose is not just in our building. And if that's the case, if it was just in a church building, then all the people in our world today and all the giftings we have outside of church would just be pointless. Purpose is meant for us is to use our giftings and use our uh, talents and use our jobs and use our positions to love people and bring peace to people and bring joy to people in every situation we walk in. People come into church and say, man, I feel so welcomed here. Oh, man, it just feels so good here. Well, I believe that's the Holy Spirit. I believe that's godly men and women that love people and are being encouraging people. But why aren't we doing the same thing out there? And this is what godly community does. It challenges us to walk in our purpose every day of our lives. You know, my mom, I mentioned that she had um, uh, heart surgery this, this past weekend. I know I mentioned it already, but it's a story that I want to share. But we were in the, the pre-op room, and as we were in the pre-op room, she's nervous. And, you know, obviously it's a major surgery, and she's nervous, and we're praying. And, you know, we're, we're, we're just talking. We're trying to keep her mind off of it. And as we're waiting uh, for, the, for the anesthesiologist to come in, we're, we're waiting. The doctor and the nurse, the nurse, excuse me, they, they're telling her everything's going to be fine. They're checking all her vitals and doing all the things. And an anesthesiologist walks in. An anesthesiologist walks in, and it was a, a guy that comes to our church. I had no idea that he was going to be there. I had no idea. She had no idea he was going to be there. I mean, I gave the dude the biggest hug I've ever given somebody in my entire life. He probably thought I was weird. Come on, somebody. He had the full, full outfit on. I was like, come here. You know what I'm saying? Come here. <laughs> my mom, true story, my mom, she got, out of, she got out of the surgery, and she came to the next day from being sedated. And one of the, one of the things she said was, I said, do you remember, what do you remember? How do you, what, what's going on? Like, how are you doing? And she said, one of, the, one of the things I remember, she said, I remember Nico being there. And Nico was the anesthesiologist and he comes to our church and I'm like, great guy. And she said, I remember him being there. And her, she was so overjoyed. And she said, I can't wait to talk to Nico and say, thank you so much for being there. 
It gave her peace just that he was there. He was walking in his purpose and he didn't even really realize. Why? Because as we walk together and we live together and we're in community together, we're building one another up and we don't even realize. I want to encourage you. Your purpose does not stop when you walk out of this room today. Your purpose is all week long. Who can I encourage today? Who can I bring peace to today? Who can I pray for today? Who can I love today? Why? Because my purpose goes outside of a building. My purpose is who I am. It's who God has called me to be. I want to encourage you in that. And this is what Esther did. This is what Mordecai challenged her with. He said, okay, I want you to know you're in the palace. You're not at church. It's time to walk in your purpose. In fact, I believe it. I think oftentimes our purpose is outside of the building more than is in the building. Because that's where we're really loving and reaching people for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Esther chapter 4 and verse 16 as I close today. Just talking about being better together. We are better together. Esther chapter 4 and verse 16 says, Go and gather together all the Jews. Esther speaking to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or do not drink for three days, night or day. And I, am, I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king. And even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. I will go to the king even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. She says to Mordecai, go and fast and pray for three days and three nights. Esther had people that loved her. She had people that she believed in that were different than her, and she had people that were close to her, not for her. She had people that encouraged her, but she also had people that were standing with her. Mordecai could not do anything but stand and pray and fast. And this may not seem like a big deal, and I wanted to close with this one because it's the greatest deal. You may not need people around you. You may feel good at where you are, but I can promise you this. When you're in a fight, you need people to stand with you. You may not need people right now and you may say we're good and my marriage is good and my life's good. I'm making some good money. I'm able to afford what's going on and that's all great. But I can tell you this, when you get in a battle, you're gonna be looking for people that are standing with you. And I I believe this, we are a church and if, if you've been a part of our church, you know we are people that stand with one another. We don't believe in standing on your own and hoping you're isolated and hoping you make it and we hear about you from doing something or going through something and we're just like, you know, it is what it is. No, we are people that want to get in the mess and we want to get in the battle with you. Why? Because we know two are better than one and three are even better than that. And so, hey, if there's three better than that, there's probably 50, 60, 70 in this room. How many much more better? How much more better? What is that? How many more is that? How much better would it be if we all stand together and we say, you know what? I got people standing for me, yes, but I wanna also be someone that stands with others. We can't just let people stand for us. That's selfish. Too much? I wanna be someone that stands with others. In fact, Oh my goodness, I was so challenged this week by how many people that called me and were praying for us and, and helping us and trying to feed us. And I'm like, stop, we don't need any more food, okay? I, I can't eat that much. 
But let me tell you something. I was challenged. I said, I want to stand with people even more. I want to give even more. I want to serve even more. Why? Because I see others are doing it around me. Ain't nobody going to do it more than me. Come on, somebody. And so I'm willing to, I want to be challenged even more. I want to reach out to people even more. I want to visit with people even more. Why? Because I know when we got people around us that are standing with us, there's something in us that says, okay, God's got me. Why? Because I know they're praying for me. I know they're believing with me. I know they're fighting for me. I know they're battling with me. Even though we're in the battle, I know they're fighting with me. Let us be a church. Hear me. I'm closing. Oh, my goodness. We're better together. Oh, my goodness. We are better together. But let us be a church. And maybe this is your first time. Jump on board. Welcome to the family. But let us be a people that stand together and we say, it doesn't matter what you're walking through because I can promise you this. We're going to be walking with you. It doesn't matter what you're looking like and what you're sounding like and how much it is and how much it's not. We're going to be standing with you. What you need, we're going to try to do our best to get it to you. Why? Because we want to be a people that are walking and living in community together. Why? Because we know exactly what Esther knows. We're better together. We are better together. We will see God in our lives in a greater way when we continue to walk together because we know we're better together. Amen? Can we pray today, Father? I thank you.